everybody, this is Davis over at Con Freaks and Geeks, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, cosplayers voice actors, and so much more. Uh, if you like what the interviews we do with amazing guests, give us a thumbs up, a follow, subscribe to any of our social media channels, uh, or you can go, or, but you can mostly check out our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com, to check out this amongst many other episodes, or Check it out on our any podcast services out there as Pop Culture Gems. Today, I have a special treat for you. I have an amazing voice actor here in the Lone Star State with me. So I'm always hyped when I hear all the uh, uh, hear the, the representation I have within the uh, within Texas. I got a voice actor that's been in many different kinds of shows. She currently uh, is the voice actor of uh, uh, for of uh, Yoko Inari from Kimono Jihan. She is. Jaime from uh, Combatants will be dispatched, or most importantly, you everyone may know her as Milam Nava, the the scary yet adorable uh, demon demons uh, king. In that time, I was reincarnated as a slime. I would like to welcome Kristen McGuire to the show. How are you doing, ma'am? Hi, I'm great. How are <laughs> you doing? Oh, I am doing good. It's uh, it's it's Friday. I'm all set. I'm, I don't know why I have so much energy, but I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Friday. <laughs> oh, that is very true. Like this week is, was just dragging on, but then it was like Friday. I'm like, oh, I got to talk to Christian Kristen McGuire this week, and then after that, I was like, I, I need. Oh, I kind of want to go. Uh, kind of go. Uh, uh, read some read some manga, and then just just nice and <laughs> chill, and just chill out for the rest of the weekend. But I'm I'm definitely gr- glad. But I'm really glad to talk to you. Uh, thanks. I'm not gonna lie. I I almost panicked because I was actually just upstairs writing a script, and I looked at the time and I was like, "Oh my god, I have this interview in like two minutes." Um, <laughs> so I ran down here and, and logged everything up. So this interview is brought to you in my pajamas. Well, thank you for well, take thank you, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule. I'm actually, it's nice though to be inside your own house and be like, you know what? It's like, oh, I need to hurry up and go to this meeting, uh, this interview, and just go downstairs <laughs> instead of going in your car, going somewhere to do it. Was a beast. <laughs> there was a cat and a dog on the stairs. I had to go around them. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right on right on but anyways let's get let's get this party started love to t- love to uh geek out with you here uh so uh you were originally a self-publishing comic book writer uh, uh artist before going into voice acting itself uh like what um what made you want to go into the world of voice acting oh gosh um <laughs> this is this is a great story but i also tell people i'm like don't be like me <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I was a comic book artist, and I was selling um my wares at uh like Acon and Anime Fest, a lot of the local conventions, doing the Artist Alley. Um, mm-hmm. selling my self published comic book, Enchanted, which is about uh unicorns that turn into hot dudes. Um, and I was releasing a chapter every year. I also did like a one shot manga called A Day in the Life of a Cat Girl. And I got a pretty good following um, just from doing my comics. And I eventually, uh, I started doing panels like on how to self-publish your comics and stuff like that. Because I was like, oh, I'll I'll talk about it. You know, I always say, I'm like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Because I am super blonde at heart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and so I started talking about it. And eventually uh, Anime Fest was like, hey, you know, you're, you're pretty good at this do you want to be a guest next year? And I was like, sure, that'd be great. And then that's how I met uh, other voice actors. Cause once you're a guest, you're kind of all in the same space. And so I met another voice actor. His name is Bruce Lewis. He was also an, a comic book artist. So we hit it off and uh, he, we were talking about it and I was like, well, I did theater in high school, you know, voice acting sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. I, as a mom, I don't have time to do theater now. And he's like, well, you should audition for Funimation. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe I will. And and then I didn't know what to do. So I Googled it. Um, I just Googled, like, how to be a voice actor for Funimation. And there was this forum dedicated to it. And I just read this forum. And it had a link to, to Funimation's website for a form to fill out, like, to be put on their um, their call list for open auditions. Open auditions is kind of like a cattle call where they they will have you read for characters that have already been cast. And so you're not necessarily auditioning for a show. You're just showing what you can do. 
Um, and so you, they have this book of sides and you pick like three characters that you think you can do. Um, I tried to pick like different age ranges to be like, look how versatile I am. But I knew absolutely nothing about voice acting, not a single thing. Um, so I, I wrote them this email that was like, hi, uh, I heard you're looking for actors and I would love to be on your list. Um, I was Toto in the wizard of Oz. Uh, So love to hear from you. Like it was, it's one of those things I'm like, I wouldn't have responded to me. (laughs) um, Have you ever got like the situation? Because it's like, hi, I am the Christian McGuire. And I know (laughs) know me as Toto from the wizard of Oz. (laughs) I was was born for that role. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so five months went by. I kind of looked at it like, well, I'm not acting for them anyway. So what do I have to lose if they say no? Um, which is pretty much my like my life motto. I'm like, well, the worst they could say is no, and then nothing changes for me. But if they say yes, everything changes. Uh, five months goes by, I didn't hear anything, and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have responded either. I don't blame you. Uh, and then out of nowhere, um, I want to say it was right after Acon, uh, 2013. Out of nowhere, I get this email. It's like, hey, do you still want to do open auditions? And I was like, yes, I do. And so they scheduled a time for like two weeks out. And I was like, oh, my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. So then I Googled like how to be a voice actor. Um, and there's a bunch of things. There's so many resources online. Um, and so I just read. I read a bunch of stuff online from like I want to be a voice and all this other stuff. And then I practiced reading out loud uh, every day for like two weeks. And I would record myself and listen back. And then I went in, I did my open audition. Uh, I, I watched anime off and on at the time. Like I was a fan, but I was also busy making my comics and, and being mm-hmm. a mom and stuff. So I didn't have time to watch a lot of anime. And when I watched it, it was subtitled. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I had the benefit of like going in here and seeing these roles and not knowing who played them in English. And therefore, whatever whatever portrayal I gave of them was completely unique to me. I wasn't copying anybody because I hadn't heard it. Um, So when I first met voice actors like, you know, J. Michael Tatum and stuff like that, I had no idea who they were. I was just like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you. All right. Bye. And, and only later as my career progressed that I was like, oh, that person's done a lot of work. Like they've been around (laughs) a long time. That person was important, you know? And, and I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that helped. Um, but Wait, anyway, when did when did you start? Like, what when was your initial like? What was your first role? Like, what, like uh, how long ago was that? It was 2013. I've been doing it eight years. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. it wasn't like the beginning of like you know when because I mean like uh you know like the very beginning of like Funimation was like in the no. early 2000s and stuff. I'm like, oh wow, that is, you're no. yeah. That, you're, <laughs> That is incredibly rare. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I am. I actually heard that it's really rare to get in through open auditions. Um, I did my open audition with Joel McDonald. He was very, he was really nice. Um, And then uh, two weeks went by and Mm -hmm. I thought, well, it's really cool, but I probably won't hear anything. Um, Two weeks went by and then they were like, hey, do you want to do additional voices on Hog and I next? And that was my first ever work. And I was like, this is really cool. Oh, no. I think I really like this. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden at 28, I had like a new goal and that was to be a voice actor. But everyone, if you stop the story there, it sounds like the perfect story. Uh, mm-hmm. But what actually happened after that was that I did Walla and background voices for a year. And mm-hmm. even though I was auditioning pretty consistently, I was not ever booking named characters. And eventually, after like a year of that, and like I, I went in, I studied like five hours for this show, went in and then just bombed the audition. Like I knew I bombed it before I even like left the building. And I was like, I suck so bad. Uh, and so I was like, well, obviously I'm the problem then. Like if I'm not booking things, I'm the problem. And so I asked one of the directors, I was like, what can I do to be better? And he was really nice because some directors will just laugh at you. They're like, I don't have time to to train you you know i have to make work uh but joel was like take classes he was like take improv do anything and i was like okay i will and and then i i started taking classes and i haven't stopped it's been it's been seven years and i still take about five to six workshops a year um because i realized i'm like man if i want this to be a career i have to treat it like a career and not like a hobby and uh so i always tell people like that was my 
My biggest mistake was was being good enough to get in the door, but not actually having the knowledge or know-how to actually make my career move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel fortunate that I just discovered it as early on in my career as I did. Because once I started actually training and and taking acting lessons, like I immediately booked Assassination Classroom. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm obviously doing something right. And And so now I take classes all the time just because you know, the market changes and things change and and you can learn different things from different people. And I take classes from LA and I take classes in Dallas and I've taken classes everywhere. Uh, I've taken film and television classes, which have nothing to do with voiceover, but they're really good. Like they're still really good learning experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I always tell people. I'm like, my story from the outside looking in sounds like a great story of like, oh, this girl didn't know anything and she just got in the door on luck. And I'm like, I did, but it only took me so far. And then I had to put in a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's not to like, you know, cut to the credit of the fact that you've got your foot in the door. I mean, it's it's always, you know, there's always going to be that situation where, where you, there's a little bit of luck that's involved. But the fact of the matter is that, I mean, since you, uh, once you've got your foot in the door, it, you got that itch, you know, and you decided, and you then put in the work that what most most other voice actors do uh so like yeah. which is basically they say train and uh train your skill and hone your skills to make something better and then you got the fruits of that labor actually a lot faster than normal i mean in a year in, uh, in time so i wouldn't i wouldn't constitute it all as luck. <laughs> I mean, they, they uh i think that it was like yeah the luck was that they they, they recognized you but then at the same time i mean they got they knew what they got i mean you eventually improved even more so there you go it's yeah, <laughs> it's a good mixture of like a dash of luck and a lot of hard work i do think mm-hmm. having some theater experience helped a lot cuz i did theater all through middle school and high school and so it's not mm-hmm. like i didn't know anything about acting um but i definitely wasn't trained for something as specific as as voiceover until i was already in voiceover and when people say like what do you wish you knew you know then that you know now and i I always say, like, I wish I'd taken more classes because I feel like my career might be completely different uh, if I had known then what I know now, you know, or if I just had more training, um, mm. you know, I, maybe I would have booked bigger opportunities early on. Who know? Who knows? But at the same time, I also feel really grateful because I've never forgotten what it feels like to to be in that year long slump of like not really booking work and like how awful that felt. And so it it always makes me feel really grateful for where I am. And so I don't know, maybe I would be unbearable if I had succeeded, <laughs> if I had succeeded early on, like so fast, I might actually be unbearable. <laughs> but then again, see, you, you, but you've got kind of to found, you found what you wanted to do in the long run, but it determines though, I mean, if you did start it early, would you, would you have been in uh, having the time to, you know, do your art and stuff like that? Like with comics, that was your other interest too, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And definitely my comics have, have fallen on the back burner with, with writing and directing and acting and everything like that, because that's all paid work that I get paid to do <laughs> right now. And comics and art is always like, I do the work first and then maybe I'll make some money back on it later, but I, right. I definitely can't make a living off of it. So yeah, you know, it and I also have kids. It's a really hard career to have when you have kids too. Um, mm. you know, because you're you're balancing and juggling a lot and especially when you're going to conventions and things like that, or if you have to travel to to record. Like I recently went to LA for some work and um, you know, and it's like so I had to travel, I had to arrange childcare and stuff like that. So there are other obstacles too that probably probably would have been the same regardless of of whether I knew what I knew now then or you know mm-hmm. didn't so <laughs> well I mean you kind of answered what my the next question I was going to ask but like how long has it been for you to kind of go back into writing and drawing art for your uh for comics uh for your comic uh, book um I love drawing comics but I when I made my own I discovered it is a lot of work like it mm-hmm. is so much work and I hate drawing backgrounds I'm just gonna throw it out there I hate them. I just want to draw the cute characters. They're my favorite part. Um, so I've actually kind of moved away from comics, and uh, now I'm working on a light novel. 
um, mm-hmm. or two or three. I've actually got like a lot of ideas and I filter <laughs> between them. Um, but writing anime, I've been reading a lot of light novels because a lot of the shows I write are adapted from light novels. So I have like a, a huge library of light novels now. And I'm like, man, I really like the format of a light novel because you can describe the setting and everything, but you don't necessarily have to draw it. And so that's what I've been doing in my spare time is I've been writing a light novel. I like that. Although maybe you probably might be the best person to ask this because like me and my girlfriend actually have, have had, uh, I've had a question about it. I don't get it. But like, what's the difference between a light novel and a mangaka? You know, like, or a, ma- a manga itself. Like, you know, there's a series of, like, there's a, they sometimes have a manga adaptation of an anime. And mm-hmm. then they, but the same anime may have a light novel version of that. And I'm like, but isn't that the same story? It's okay. So typically a manga is an adaptation of the light novel. And a lot of times the anime is either an adaptation of, of the light novel or of the manga. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, I read an interview from the director for it. The manga is an adaptation of the light novel. The anime is an adaptation of the manga. So there are things that are happening in slime right now that people are like, this didn't happen until this volume of the light novel, but it's happening in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, all it is is that a light novel is a story much like a, you would read, you know, as a young adult. So it's, it is a novel and it just has anime pictures in it, you know, every couple of chapters, but it is text. It is primarily text. So you use a lot more of your imagination, whereas manga is just a graphic novel, you know, and, um, so they're you know it's comic it's formatted as a comic book um and that is really the only difference is just that a light novel is a book that you read uh with a pictures accompanying it every couple of pages um and a graphic novel is a comic so it's basically like kind of like what i see when sometimes when like when they did star wars the episode episode one but then they said hey we're gonna do star wars the 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 uh the comic uh, of the same series uh, of the same story yeah, it's just showing uh, the pictures instead of you just reading it or, or watching Yin, it Yin Press has done this right um, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen the the manga adaptations of like Emma or uh, uh, the Scarlet Letter I believe has one uh, they did one of Twilight um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Witch and Wizard by James Patterson so uh-huh. they're just that's the difference right is like Witch and Wizard is a book by James Patterson. It is a novel. And then Yin Press did a manga adaptation of it. So a light novel is just a book that is written. And they're very popular in Japan. Uh, because a lot of people can just write their story. And they'll upload it to like a, a website. I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. Uh, but there's like a big website where you can just go and read light novels. Uh, and a lot of times those light novels get picked up for publication. And then eventually get an anime. Uh, and then sometimes if it's really popular. Like Sword Art Online. It also gets a manga adaptation. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense now. See, that's also what could just answer that to me. I'll be like, okay, that makes that like, like if it's straightforward, that's pretty straightforward. That's exactly what I needed. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. So when I say I would rather make light novels than graphic novels, it just comes down to, it is easier for me to write a story and then and to write and draw. And then, yeah. And then just draw a few pictures every couple of pages, then have to illustrate every single moment of every single page. Oh Yeah. In different kind of views and different kind of actions and panels. Ooh, yeah. Right, that, 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 right. It gets old fast. Um, and Especially I love a- doing my own art. So it's like a light novel is perfect for me because I don't have to hire an artist. Like I can do it mm-hmm. myself, but uh, it, I can make it quicker than I could make a graphic novel. It took me six years to publish Enchanted. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, man, oh, I don't want to. It takes so long when you're just doing it in your spare time. And so I was like, all right, uh, well, uh, I love making stories, but I feel like maybe this isn't the best format for me to tell stories. Uh, and uh, like, and uh, what kind of comics are you uh, into? And uh, or do you have any favorite like, you know, <laughs> writers or any artist itself? Or what? Um, I mean, as far as like manga and stuff, um, I love Yuatase. She did uh, Fushigi Yugi. Um, and Ayashi Nasetis and stuff like that. Um, she was a really big influence on me when I was a teenager. Clamp, of course, was a huge influence on me. Um, these days I read a lot of stuff for work, which is kind of lame. Uh, understandable though. Yeah. I'm always like, I want to read, I want to read things that interest me, but then I am always like swamped with, with work stuff. And so like every time I buy, comic books it's like for work um or or it's a show i was in that i didn't write but i'm like oh like i've been collecting the new game manga 
uh, because oh, I love yeah. New Game and I want to see how mm-hmm. it ends. Uh, but we only had two seasons of the anime. And so there's sometimes I collect it just because I'm like, well, I really liked the story and now I want to continue it. Um, so I've been, as far as like manga and stuff, I've been reading uh, New Game. Uh, I was reading if it were for my daughter, I'd even defeat a demon lord, but I'm not super stoked about how it's it's turning out. Um, oh yeah, the ending is not what I thought it was going to be, and so I've kind of really? kind of lost interest in it. Uh, I was reading Inu's it's hard for Secret yeah, Service. It's hard for Isekais though. Like I mean, like Isekai to to end. It's it's really it's really. I think it's tougher for for that to go. You know, uh, it's actually not an Isekai. It's about a. It's it's just a fantasy. I love fantasy and magic stories. Um, it's about a guy who finds like a little abandoned demon girl. Um, and he takes her in and I was like, oh, this is so sweet and pure. Uh, but it ultimately ends with her growing up and getting married to him. And that's kind of oh, where they so lost me. That's <laughs> kind of like this gro- oh boy, it's like grooming. Oh no. <laughs> it's well, like, and, it's like, oh. and it's like, they try to justify it by like saying like, oh, well she, he's not grooming her, but she, she's always looked at him as like a friend, not a father and blah, blah. But regardless, no. I don't, I don't really... <laughs> I am sad because I was really thinking it was just a really sweet, wholesome uh, manga. And and I'm sure it still is sweet and wholesome. I should just give it a chance and finish it. But uh, I was like, oh, no. I, I read the spoiler online. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know how I feel about it. And she's, she grows up really fast because she's a demon. And, and, stuff, and I don't know. But it's still kind of it, it, that, like when you hear when something like that when something like that when they introduce romance in that kind of you know because you're you're you, uh, when you're wa- reading the book and you're reading the series you're 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 kind of watching them grow grow into a relationship you know not like a uh like a loving relationship but just like a, a relationship between the demon and him and then all of a sudden when they like, when they're like okay we're gonna put them together we're gonna make them shit yeah together. now it's not it's family like, anymore uh... it's different i'm like oh no completely so, different <laughs> it's I, like, uh... my favorite genre is just like cute girls doing cute things mm-hmm. um like I love I love stuff like that. Like New Game is all about women making video games together and I really I really love that kind of stuff. Um, you know, or uh girls sports. Like God, I love girls sports. There's not a lot of it out there though. Mm-hmm. Um but anything well, the ones about that they like do, girls it's sports always that anime. S- yeah, like that soft tennis one. I know that. Uh I don't think there's a lot, you're right. You know. Or Keijo. I'm in Keijo. <laughs> is that really a sport, though? <laughs> I mean, it is now. <laughs> in South America. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, they really did it. But, like, you know, it's like those shows are fun, and I love being in them. But I do. I was in Tamayomi last year, and I love Tamayomi um, mm-hmm. because it's just about girls' baseball. And, you know, uh, I played sports in high school, so... To me, I'm like, oh, this is cool. This reminds me of, of high school and stuff like that. But there's not a lot. There's not a lot out there. So, but when I read stuff, like, it's definitely, like, it's all girly. It's all girly mm. stuff. Um, <laughs> and then I read a lot of normal books. Like, I'm really into Sarah J. Moss right now and um, the Throne of Glass series. And I read her other series, too. Um, a Court of uh, Thorn and Roses, that series. I read that whole series. So I'm also just I really love fantasy and magic mm-hmm. and and anything with like strong female protagonists um, is my jam. I definitely would. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool to hear, though. I mean, but it's I'm thinking like sports. Um, like when you told me sports animates for women, like women's sports. There's not like you said. There's not a lot. The ones I'm thinking of is like girls in uh, under panzer the the tank one, <laughs> and then the uh, is that a sports uh, or historical? No, well, fiction? what. What that one? What, that's weird. It's like a giant. It's like an extreme game of like dodgeball because like they each person, each team has like a series of tanks, and it's like the three. It's a three girl team usually that has like that's man that's manually using a tank to shoot the other enemy, and then if they shoot the enemy right, a flag pops up. I mean, it's like it's a weird. Oh, sport. That actually like, sounds really cool. I feel yeah, like I'd actually be really into that. <laughs> yeah, you should actually read it. It's actually it's actually very fun. It's very fun. It's a very fun read, I will say. That uh and they had the two anime adaptations in an OVA. And uh uh but there was another one, the one that was like the whoever created uh uh what's it called? Uh Sinron Kagura. They made another series with the uh, like jet skis and sniper rifle. Oh. Yeah, is it Kata, Katagawa Jet Girl? 
I think I think so. Yeah, that one. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, well, I, think I, don't, making sports I don't know up. much about that one. <laughs> um, oh, I would love God. to see a girls volleyball anime. That's not there's a there's a beach one where they're all in, like bikinis. But I'd like to see just like a normal mm-hmm. one. That'd be cool. Yeah, like, like a like, version but for girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. My I'll oldest totally daughter plays volleyball and she loves Haikyuu. And so it's like, it'd be really cool to have something like that for her. All the youngins like Haikyuu, to be honest. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> she's always That's... like, I'm going to be the tiny giant because she's really small like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, uh, well, you already told me what kind of anime genres you're into. So there you go. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, besides, like, uh, the voice acting parts, uh, the voice acting parts of the process of, you know, of just the regular anime process, uh, you've done different roles when it comes to, like, localization of anime uh, here in the States. Um, but from, like, directing to the script writing, is is there one that you prefer the most to do? Um, I, I probably prefer directing out of mm-hmm. out of the two. Acting is the most fun, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but directing is is probably my favorite. Writing, I'm good at writing, um, but it's it's a very solo job. You know, you, you don't really talk to anybody. You're in your little hole and you uh, adapt scripts, you know, for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. And it, it becomes really, you know, it becomes really redundant and repetitive. And, you know, once you've written one isekai, you've written them all. Uh, but uh, <laughs> directing is fun because, like, even if you have two isekai shows back to back, you have a different cast, so you're working with different people, and it's it's a collaboration. Um, I really like directing a lot because it's kind of like putting together. I'm stealing this from Sunny Street, by the way, but it's like putting together a puzzle where all the pieces move, and you don't really know if the end product is going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. But it's neat because everybody helped, and so it's still really cool. And, um, when you're directing, like you have ideas about like how something should sound, but then an actor comes in and they take their life experiences and their ideas and they put it into a character and they'll throw out something that you're like, Whoa, that is so much funnier than whatever was in my head. Like, and, and so I like, I like that a lot. And you're working with your engineer. And so you're all just like a team coming together to, to put together this product, you know, and, and you laugh and you have fun and, and, you know, sometimes you have to be very vulnerable and, and things like that. And it's just so much more collaborative than, uh, than just being a writer. And I think that's why I personally prefer directing. Um, I like the, the guidance part of it. And I like working with people and, and getting to, getting that opportunity to help like build actors up and, and things like that and go on this journey with them. Like, that's really cool to me. Like I, I'm very much a people person and uh, mm-hmm. script writing is very solitary. So I definitely <laughs> prefer directing. Yeah. Well, I mean, into script writing itself though, like, I mean, I've heard other, besides uh, you, and I've, I've, tra- I've talked to other people that, that have done script writing. They said themselves, but the, from what I've gathered, uh, uh, they say that it's a thankless job and it is incredibly <laughs> difficult <laughs> itself. Uh, and like, uh, uh, but, since like I mean, since you have experience and stuff, like I've been kind of wondering, like, why is it every time when, I, when someone says script writing, it's like it feels like you shut the door or the sun just goes down. It's like it's kind of <laughs> weird to me. But like, what makes it so difficult? Oh my gosh! Well, I, one, I would like to say that I feel like I'm really fortunate that we now live in a time where many people are more appreciative of a good script. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I talk to a lot of people online that that really appreciate script writers and what they do. But that was not always the case. Um, script writing, script writing is something that if it's done really well, uh, you usually don't notice. And if it's done really badly, everybody notices. Um, and so, which is probably why it feels so thankless because like when it's flowing, then, then there's no holdup in the booth. There's no rewrites. You know, there's always going to be some level of rewrites, but, um, you know, directors aren't having to rewrite entire scripts or things like that. So everything just flows. So nobody thinks about it. They're not over here thinking like, oh, wow, we saved so much time today because the script writer did their job. You know, they're just, they're just going, they're just moving. But if a script is bad, everyone's stopping, you know, maybe words are hard to say. Maybe there's a, an error in the translation, things like that. And when that happens, you know, everybody is talking about how much they hate the scriptwriter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think that is why it. a lot of people say, like, it's a thankless job because 
because no one's going out of their way to be like, hey, great job on that script last week. You really nailed it. You know, they're just like, right. all right, cool. Moving on to the next thing. Um, but it's like you've done your job. Script- <laughs> yeah, you did your job. Way to go. Uh, but if it's bad, like you will get emails telling you like what you need to change and fix and stuff like that. So it's a job where you very much only really hear back if there's something wrong with it. Um, and has so, there been a situation, know, has there been a situation where that happened to you though? Like, uh, there was a script that you turned in and they were like, wow, this isn't like just kind of upset <laughs> about it or. No, I'm amazing. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, actually, I really don't get too many revisions back. I have gotten revisions back over the years. It's like, hey, I think you could write this character to sound a bit more intelligent or, uh, you know, some sometimes if we don't know who's going to be the actor, um, mm-hmm. that can affect timing. Some actors talk faster than other actors. And so sometimes I'll get revisions, not revisions, but I'll get a request that's like, hey, this actor is talking really fast, so all of their stuff is coming in a bit short. Can you adjust for future episodes? And so it's like, all right, well, I, then I know I have to like really pack the sentence with words and things like that if it's a fast-talking mm-hmm. actor. Um, or sometimes I get actors that talk much slower, and uh, and so like the director will be like, hey, everything's overwritten. Can you can you act some words, you know, in the future? And so those are things that I typically see. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't actually get too too many revisions or if i do get notes or stuff it's just like hey maybe you could make this funnier or it's like you know just little personal things little um, tidbits and stuff here and there but it wasn't like yeah overall uh, yeah okay yeah so i i've never really gotten anything that's like this sucks redo all of it uh <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like a tr- so- that sounds like a poetry <laughs> um, <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> what makes it so difficult is that so we are given a translation and when you read subtitles those subtitles is the translation. That's the translation. So mm-hmm. um, the problem with that is, is that subtitles are limited to how many characters can be on a screen. So it's like you've never seen a show where there's just like four lines of, of subtitles, you know, in a sentence. So a lot of times information gets cut out because of the character limit for the subtitles allow. Um, and so what makes that difficult is sometimes I will get something that the translation is only two sentences long, but I have four sentences worth of math laps and uh-huh. and half of it had to be cut out because it could not fit on the screen and the subtitles. Um, and sometimes I will have a note from the translator saying like, uh, this is what everything said, but I had to cut it for length. And sometimes I don't have that. And in those moments, I have to find a way to fill out all those pre-animated mouth flaps or mouth movements um, without adding or changing the story. So I may have a translation that says something like, we should go to the store, but I may have, you know, two sentences worth of mouth flaps to fill, but I've only got the, we should go to the store. So then I have to come up with something like, well, here's an idea. Why don't we just go to the store? Which is a great way to fill those flaps without adding mm-hmm. or changing the story. I can't say something that would change the plot. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, my mom said we should go to the store because we don't mm-hmm. know that his mom said that, you know, I can't do things like that. I have to be very in tune with what's happening. I can't assume information. Um, I am fortunate that a lot of the things I work on have light novels and mangas and things like that, because sometimes the information that's missing in that translation is present in the light novels. And so then I can, I can take that information and, and put it in there. But, uh, the best way to describe it is it's like Tetris, but with words, <laughs> um, in like you're writing also- in a box though, in a way though, yeah. too, it's, yeah, re- a lot of restrictions and figuring it's it like out. Reverse writing a crossword puzzle almost um and in japan they 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 pause a lot when they think um Mm -hmm. or when they're talking so there's a lot of times where like you'll see an anime character say something like blah 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 this ka you know Mm -hmm. well those flaps are already animated so now i have to say something to fill those flaps but i have to honor all the pauses in the animation but if i if i stick to it Deska is just the end of a question. And so really they're just saying like blah 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 blah. Huh. But but the translation is usually like we could go to the store? Well that sounds weird in English. And so mm-hmm. I have to find a way to be like 
let's go to the store, okay? You know, like, I have to find a way to make it still flow and sound normal. Otherwise, uh, we say, sometimes we say, like, we don't want it to sound like William Shatner is is talking. Like, I think we should go to the store. The store. Like, because that sounds, <laughs> that sounds really silly in English. Um, or um, a lot of times in the subtitles, uh, the information will be very repetitive. Someone will say, like, well, that's the staff of lightning. And someone will go, staff of lightning? And they're like, the staff of lightning shoots lightning from the staff. And like in English, it, it sounds like you're like, oh, man, wow. We sound like the reader doesn't know what what they're listening to. And so a lot of times we have to readapt that to be like, this is the staff of lightning. Well, what does it do? Well, obviously it shoots lightning, you know, like so we have to kind of rearrange it to not be so repetitive or uh you know, we don't like to assume that our viewers are stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, that's a lot of things that we we focus on when we're adapting, which is like, how do we make it flow even in English while we honor the pauses and the animation? How do mm. we make sure all the information that's needed is present? Um, there's a lot of, uh, in, in the Japanese language, there's a lot of, uh, oh, gosh, what is it called? Uh I can't think like, of the word. <laughs> like um, pauses or an, like pauses or like you know or stre- things that stretches it, stretches it out uh, to kind of no. Um, there's context. <clears throat> oh, A lot of okay. the context is is assumed and not provided. So it's like mm. saying like, you know, you can say in Japanese like you know, my name is is Kristen, you know, but you can also just say Kristen des, which just means Kristen. Like, and and so that's how Japanese uses a lot is like they, they get rid of a lot of the early things in the sentence. Like those things do exist, but a lot of times they're just left out and you have to assume the context based on, you know, the rest of the sentence and things like that. And so, you know, there was a sentence I wrote just this morning that, uh, was only like two flaps, but the translation I got was like six flaps. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well now I have to fit six flaps of information and two flaps. So I have to like completely rewrite this thing. Um because because of the extra information that yeah. is, is derived from things that that aren't present. So so the so Japanese is this... language is very complicated. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like a script writer itself though too. Are they also the ones that make the calls of the, you know, like the catchphrase? Like it's like for instance, like uh, I don't know. I'm old school, so I don't. I, uh, but like, uh, you remember if you remember a show called Ronin Kenshin back in the day, with Kenshin was saying the word Oro, but then the English mm-hmm. translation of it, they don't have Oro. Instead, they kind of made them sound kind of Yoda-ish, where it said they they were, they said to fill oh, yeah, that yeah, extra yeah, I spot. That. They said, yeah, they said like he said he he goes he ends his phrases sometimes with like that it does or will do so or something like that. Right, you know, some right, weird. Right. Yeah, weird phrases. Is that something that, that the script writers are also in charge of? Um, we can we can make guesses at it, but it ultimately comes down to the director uh, and okay. what they want to do. Um, in in Doctor Stone, uh, there is a character that says "yabe" all the time. "Yabe" is a way t- to say like uh, they say like that's bad, um, but it could. It's also like kind of the the New England version of like wicked, like, oh, that's wicked, or I've got a wicked headache. Like, so, so it could be like wicked could be cool, or it could also be bad, you know, um, or like stupid, you know, it's like, oh, that's stupid, or like, oh, that's stupid, cool, you know. Um, and so, so Yabe is like that. And uh, I think in the subtitles, they don't really keep that catchphrase that much, but in the manga, they always say, like, wow, that's bad. And, and so, the director decided to go with the what they saw in the manga and uh. and keep that adaptation. So a lot of times we'll do that too. We'll be like, well, what happens in the manga? And so if it's present in the manga, then we can justify having it, you know, in, in ours. But like in that time I got reincarnated as a slime, Malim says no da at the end of most of her sentences. She's da 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 no da. Um, <laughs> and we don't have that present because one, it's not in the source material. Um, it's not like, there's no, there's no way it's carried over in the light novel or the manga. She doesn't have any sort of like catchphrase on that. Um, so we don't have a catchphrase on that, but I have, I've seen people be like, well, she doesn't have a catchphrase. And I'm like, well, we can't just leave no da in the English. It would sound 
it would weird. sound weird. And mm-hmm. so, you know, those sometimes you have to be like, well, I either have to ax it or I have to see what is present in the source material. Because a lot of times the people that are watching the anime read the source material. So sometimes it it is better to just be like, hey, this is within the source material. So we should probably do something similar. So basically, we have the people that'll be like, oh, it's not like that in the book. But just like how yeah. all movies are. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, no. So it's a very a complicated of- process, and it is different show to show. And uh, I always tell new writers, because they're like, can you give me some tips? And I'm like, I have a million rules that you need to know. Like, And I can't like, get through the rules. all of them. <laughs> here's the rules of script writing. But each rule has 12 caveats to it. Yeah, so. it all has 12 caveats. And they could totally change. Because like we talk about like not wanting to use repetition. But but there are characters. I want to say uh, Rico Fajardo plays a character in Fire Force. Mm-hmm who speaks in a repetitive manner like like all of his stuff is supposed to be repetitive and so it's like there's always <laughs> there's always a rule and there's always a reason to break the rule uh, <laughs> depending on what show you're writing and so it really is just it is it is such a refined skill that I I say it is the hardest is the hardest job in my opinion in production to do. Um, oh, wow. But I don't know. I don't engineer. So maybe the engineers will tell you that their <laughs> job is the hardest. And I would believe them if they said it was because oh, I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, but if you figure out a book, if you figure out a way to kind of consolidate your your knowledge in script writing and to make a book, you probably also have to add like a flow chart and maybe a PDF design, like oh PowerPoint. Of like all of it's that. impossible to that. explain. It's impossible. <laughs> I don't, I can't do right. it. Every time I try, I'm like, I'm sorry, new writer, because I'm just going to dump all this information on you. <laughs> and like if, if a flap, if a mouth movement is open at the end, like, you know, if a character says no da, then their mouth is open at the end a lot. I have to match that sound because the mouth is just hanging open. Right. So I can't just say like, I can't end it with something like eat because mm. Eat makes a T sound, so it actually causes the mouth to close. So if a mouth is hanging open, well, I also have to write it in a way to where their mouth will hang open in the English, too. So it'll be like, we should go eat, you know, or we should eat, right? Or K (laughs) or something like that so that it'll match the mouth flap on that, too. So it's not even just like I have to match these pre-animated mouth flaps, but I also have to match the sounds those mouth flaps make. Mm -hmm. So it can. it's a very there's a lot. There's a lot going on. When the mouth stays <laughs> open, you can just like stretch the word out. When you say K, it's like K. Sometimes, <laughs> so we, sometimes we have to, but but I, I bet now if you watch some anime now, knowing everything I just told you, you'll probably look mm. at it completely different. You're like, oh my gosh, she's right. Yeah, but, you know what? But it's funny. After interviewing a lot of voice actors now, it's like now I'm like hearing voices. I'm like, oh, I know who that is and stuff. I though like to say to add another tier of of uh, figuring stuff out while watching anime on top of it it's per- I, come and bring it i'm always i always love the production kind of thing <laughs> but uh like you've already said something about your directing like you know like why you like directing so much but there is something i do want uh, i did want to ask you about because like uh uh with your uh, during like one of the series that you directed citrus is the one mm-hmm. specifically that i was kind of wondering about because i feel that there's not a lot of animes that are out there like what Citrus was because like uh, mm-hmm. uh I mean the idea like I mean you have uh, I think representation and all these different kinds of things are very important uh for these kind of uh for this kind of thing and like I, I just I was just kind of wondering like since you were the director of it uh was there like any kind of extra pressure that was that uh, uh that was involved while directing it like or was it did everything kind of go smoothly because like I think Citrus is kind of like an important anime, especially for LBGTQ uh, scenario uh, itself. So, like, I'll be, uh, I just want to kind of get your opinion on it. Um, I mean, I, I treated Citrus um, like I would treat pretty much any any project, you know, um, with respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am white and I am cis and I'm straight and uh, <laughs> and so like I don't you know I don't face a lot of the difficulties. Um, that the LGBTQT uh, community faces, um, but when I when they asked me if I would direct Citrus, I said yes. Um, one because it already looked like a show I would like, but two because I felt like it was a show that needed to be treated with respect, and it was about young women, you know, kind of coming into themselves and discovering things about themselves. And I recognized 
you know, a lot of the the questions and growth and trauma that some of these characters, you know, came from and what caused them to behave the way they behave in the series. Um, and I felt like it was really interesting. And so I held auditions and I spoke to to every actress that auditioned and I told them, you know, I was like, this is a show with these themes. There is some Citrus has some mature moments in it. Um, mm. And so I wanted everyone to kind of know, like, what the show was and where it could possibly go. And, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions about consent and things like that in the show. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke to every actress and, uh, you know, told them what it was and what I wanted it to be about. And I said, but I also really want this to be a positive show for the community, you know, and and about half the actors and actresses involved are in the LG. LGBT community. Um, mm-hmm. And and I felt like that was really important, you know, to have to have their insight as well. But, you know, it certainly wasn't a requirement or anything like that, because at the end of the day, I I wanted to just have the best possible product we could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody treated it with respect. And, and we had a lot of fun on it, too. Like, even though it was such a serious show, we had a lot of fun on it. Um, and like I said, we recognize that like these are characters that are that are kind of coming into these new feelings and these new situations. And why do people act the way they act? Why do people do the things they do? And we discussed it a lot with May, you know, like, mm. cause May uh, is probably the most forceful in the, in the show. And she's, the, she has the most growing to do, I feel like. Um, and so we mm. discussed a lot of like, why is May the way May is? And, and we thought about like her childhood and and her dad not really being around and growing up with her grandfather and not, not having a lot of, you know, family or or things like that around to show affection. And uh but it was good and um and the cast was great and mm-hmm. and we had a lot of fun and a lot of people really like what we did. Even I feel like there are some people that don't like what Citrus represents for the community, um, because of the the consent and things like that. Um mm. you know, and but but no one has ever said the dub is bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> so, point. <laughs> so, you know, I can't do I can't do anything about the show, but we did, you know, we did set out to to treat it with respect. And I would do that for any show I had. Mm. Um, you know, because it's still it's, somebody made it because they loved it and they believed in the story that it represents. And I I did feel like it was an important show for the community. But I also know that I'm straight. And so I can only do so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so that's where you really rely on your cast and you trust your cast and and their feelings and their process. And again, that's what makes it a collaboration is, you know, my story is going to be different than than somebody else's story. And mm-hmm. it's important to have all of those elements present, uh, even if you're just dubbing an anime, you know. I mean, no, I mean, like I think I did. I think you did a wonderful job on it. Uh, personally, it's because like when I first uh, like my uh, my girlfriend loves this, uh, 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 loved the series uh, as well, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, wow, it's like this is a pretty like the topic like when you, when I came across this anime because there was nothing like uh, to kind of get me ready of like what the, I mean like how it normally is for anime. There's no advertisements of what the series is about and stuff like that until it's like it, when it comes, it comes. And then right. I was like, "Oh, yeah, this like this series is pretty heavy, <laughs> like like oh, it, it is all, pretty uh, heavy." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You and know? the first episode ends on such a such like a heavy note, which is I think what bothered a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But I I talked to Amberly Connors about it, and I'm like, "This is why I think May does this." You know, not to spoil anything. I was like, "But this is this is the only way May has ever been shown affection," and so she thinks this is how it has to be done, um, which is probably a little bit of an assumption on my mm-hmm. part but you you do what you have to do in those moments and we really wanted to understand me i did read the first four volumes of the manga before i mm-hmm. did auditions so that i could really tell people what i thought their characters were like and things like that and give them as much information as possible on the series before anyone signed on to it mm-hmm. um but everyone everyone was fantastic everyone was great everyone really believed and and doing the best they could everybody wanted to make it a good product and i yeah. i feel like that made it a good product yeah i mean i definitely yeah yeah it's one yeah this one it's a really good favorite i will say it definitely you definitely did a great job on it so just well, just uh, <laughs> just we tried. To just, <laughs> and um and also i mean during like you know during these times like during the pandemic itself and uh the idle time that you may that it may have given you 
throughout the past <laughs> year and a half. <laughs> was there something that you picked up as a hobby or something or collecting or something that you uh, did? <laughs> uh, I didn't have any idle time in the pandemic because script writing never slowed down. Um, oh, I still had wow. to write. I still had to write two scripts a week. Uh, so even though the dubbing, the dubbing process itself has slowed down, it didn't really affect script writing um, because it can be done remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've, I wrote shows, you know, months you ago. You had something that to fall haven't... back on. <laughs> in other words. <laughs> right. Well, I'm basically just still doing the same thing I've, I've always done, which is I'm uh-huh. still writing shows and maybe they don't get dubbed that season, but I wrote the show. So like, oh, no. so, I think at one point in time, like three or four shows came out all at the same time that I'd written. And someone's like, you must be dying. I'm like, well, two of those were from last season. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, my, my time hasn't, uh, slowed at all, but I did get an LA agent in the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. it kind of pushed me to like really expand my career. Um, mm-hmm. I got engaged. So oh, yes, congratulations. congratulations <laughs> Thanks. <on that>. <laughs> <laughs> you got engaged yeah. to Clifford Chapin. Um, so so we did some things <laughs> so you're like you weren't doing anything but you were doing <laughs> we were just living life and continuing life and uh and i like i started doing some work for la um so i i just i got cast in the 86 dub uh mm. recently which seems like a really good show i've really enjoyed working on that so really i'm just kind of doing the same thing i i've been working on my light novel um i told you mm. i was writing a light novel so i've been Working on that, um, which is kind of like Citrus, I I am really interested in using this opportunity for representation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to write, uh, like, there's a character that's non-binary, and there's a character who's a type 1 diabetic, like me. Um, and, and there are PSC characters, because I, I realize that, you know... Everybody who loves anime, you know, are these people, you know, we're all mm-hmm. diabetics or, or, or POC or non-binary or, or, or gay or straight, you know, there's so many, there's so many people in the anime community and we're so beautiful and diverse and yet anime is not that diverse at all. <laughs> it really um, isn't. <laughs> it really like, isn't. Yeah. It's um, like, uh, it's funny cause like, uh, I'm, I'm black and, uh, like, it's funny, like, uh, some of my friends, we've always kids that are like, does uh does anime know how to draw black characters? <laughs> or like, because like the ones that they do, it's either very could be very very borderline, you know, <laughs> like pretty there uh, uh, the uh, the spectrum, or it's just not it doesn't look right. So let me uh, tell but, yeah. you, as as a white straight person, <laughs> it's really scary to be like, I'm gonna write this queer character, and I'm like, oh no. So I but luckily I have a lot of friends, um, and so I I've been reaching out to people and being like what should I avoid? What should I not do? Like, what, what do you, what do you hate seeing in media? And, and actually the answer has been pretty simple, which is most people are like, they just, we just want to live our lives. Like, Mm -hmm. why does it always have to be the source of contention in a show? You know? And so I'm like, all right, cool. And so, you know, my, my goal in writing light novels is to write stories that, that better fit our community and have characters Mm -hmm. that better fit our community. And so like, I'm, but they're just still stories, you know. It's mm-hmm. uh, my current light novel is about a group of kids that have a cat spotting club, and that's all they do is they just have cat spotting adventures. Oh. And <laughs> and the fact that characters are non-binary or POC has nothing to do with the story at all. They just all exist, and yeah. uh, and I guess that's the goal. <laughs> um, I mean, well, that's cool. Though. I mean, the biggest thing is diversity. I mean, I think overall it's just diversity. Like, uh, there's different kinds of people, and there's different kinds of. Uh, uh, people that are interested in the same uh, in the same kind of genre. It's just that to kind of have that kind of representation to show within that genre would would be nice to see <laughs> or or to right. read uh, uh, itself. Not the same stereotypical seventeen year old or high school student <laughs> that's going to save the world. You know that kind of situation. Right. You know, that kind and I like thing. I like that anime is like that. Right? Is that anime can be mm-hmm. about literally anything? Like you can have an anime mm-hmm. about wanting to be the number one hero, or you can also be an anime about a girl who is in the cooking club. And <laughs> and I think that's really cool. Is like there's literally something out there for everyone. And you know, um, I wanted to make a story that is kind of light, you know, lighthearted, and just these are adventures of kids, just of being kids, you know. But mm-hmm. um, but still still a story that people could see themselves in um Mm -hmm. i i discovered in in writing this i'm like you know what now that i think about it i can't tell you a single story that has a type 1 diabetic character 
um, mm. in an anime for sure. But like in in most media anywhere, like there's not going to be a main character that's like, I'm a superhero, but I'm also type one diabetic. Hold on. Let me take my <laughs> insulin, you know, and and that sucks. Like, you know, I, I think about isekai stories. Oh, my God, if I got isekai, that'd be awful. Like I would die immediately <laughs> yeah. because there's no insulin. Insulin. That we know of. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> You know, I'm like, no, yeah, no, that's a, people are like, wouldn't it be cool if we got transported to another world? I'm like, no, no, I would die. Like, that sounds terrible for me. It's like, I need my uh, heart pressure, my, my blood pressure medicine. They don't have that kind of stuff over there. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, when I, when I posted about my diabetic character, like I had a lot of people that were like, oh my gosh, a diabetic character in anime. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is what people are want to see, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's exciting. And so that's what I've been doing with my downtime is just just uh i guess writing stories and and trying to put what i want to see in the market you know uh, you know people people will definitely come to see that i would love to hear see see uh to check that out too uh when whenever you release whenever you get that bring that out <laughs> so that'll be awesome uh, it's gonna hopefully be this year um so we'll see it's really <laughs> I, I say that as I'm like, I'll do it with all my free time. But uh, <laughs> it's like you barely had free time of yourself in the past year in a pandemic. I'd only imagine <laughs> what to expect. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> I really <I'll> go. <laughs> I won't put any pressure on you, but when it comes out, I am definitely there. <laughs> oh, great. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, hearing your thoughts on it when it comes out. So hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully it'll be a story that people like. <laughs> okay awesome and the the last question is i'm i'm probably gonna start doing this to when i talk to other uh, other voice actors i would love to kind of know what they're cra- uh if you remember it uh it's all good and it, it, it could be anything but uh oh, what gosh. is the craziest sentence you have said when you were a- uh, when you were voice acting i mean oh, or at least no. one that you could remember <laughs> <laughs> um oh my gosh uh i don't what is the rating of this show Oh, uh, it could be, it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> it could be rated R. It could be rated G. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, having been in anime, I've said all kinds of crazy things over the eight years. Uh, and I always think, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the one. Um, you know, but I like the ones that out of context sound like they could be something completely different. So I guess I'll just uh-huh. go with um, this little line from My Hero. My binging balls destroy anything they touch. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're right. That is out of context. <laughs> and like, or, or maybe they eat up everything they touch. And I have to see the actual line of the script. Um, <laughs> disintegrate. Like, uh, anyway, this kid's kid's balls destroy anything they touch. Um, but he just has like he's his quirk is that he has these little chain chomper looking balls like from mario Uh and he controls them and they go and they just eat everything in their path uh but they're called binging balls is the quirk (laughs) it's called binging balls i love that (laughs) sure is (laughs) um so out of context it sounds like really dirty but it's actually just a an attack move (laughs) (laughs) i love it that's great that's great oh man uh christian thank you so much for geeking out with me it was a great it was great to talk to you i really appreciate it for sure now everybody (laughs) knows i too am just a giant nerd (laughs) <laughs> that's what the show is all about man. That is, everyone listens to it you know what I love about it it's actually kind of good it was actually cool because uh, originally I made the show because of the pandemic because since we were, since conventions were over uh, the past year and a half I was like I really want to talk to folks about it again but uh, so I wanted to kind of bring people to talk to cool people like this again and uh, uh, so like uh, but the more I was doing it I realized you know I love this segment way better than kind of going to a convention because <laughs> it's like you're just you're in your you're in your house you know you're in your own cool like uh, place you don't have time restraint you don't have 15 minutes then you have to go to the next room with loud background it's I love it I love this the whole thing so uh, yeah so I just definitely I definitely like this more than just kind of I think this is a way better thing to kind of talk to you as a creator and stuff like that and then people people appreciate that so <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for having me I uh, I appreciate it um 
So, I, like I said, I'm always a little nervous about it. I'm like, man, people are going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, what a nerd. I can't yeah. believe I looked up to her. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. Oh, my God. Is that, have you talk, have you, like, did you hear that Christian McGuire pod, uh, episode of the podcast? No, did you if hear she reads manga for fun? <laughs> now, if anything, you're probably going to get more people. So, <laughs> you'll well. be definitely... We'll see. <laughs> is there anything you like to plug before before I let you go? Is like I mean, uh, like uh, social media, any places, websites where people can I see mean, you? Yeah, people can follow me on Twitter. I'm most active on Twitter, um, which is just Chris Comics. Um, look out for my light novel, hopefully this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you can watch uh, Kimono Jihen. Uh, SSSS Dinazanin is airing right now, which is one mm-hmm. of my um. It's a personal favorite of mine. I was a big, I was a big fan of Gridman, and I watched some of the live action Gridman. Uh, and I'm adapting the scripts for Dinosaurin, so uh, watch, watch Dinosaurin. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And uh, uh, all right, well, hey, well, thank you so much, Christopher, for stopping by. And also, if you loved this amongst uh, uh, any other episodes, definitely give us a thumbs up. Or uh, on any of our podcast services uh, uh, out there, or go to our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com, to check out other episodes. Well, uh, this is Davis signing off. Y'all, take it easy.